pasta lasagna. Don't get any on ya. I'm a poet and I knew all about it. It's the roller on the barrel vintage baseball show. Talking to vintage baseball players, coast to coast, border to border, even though you only listen to the episodes from your region, I suggest you do better than that. If you've listened to six or seven episodes, not good enough. All right. Uh, a special treat. We are joined by my co-host, Rudy Frias. Rudy, don't talk. We are also joined by alum of the Roller Around the Barrel show, Landon Yeti Smith. No words. And our guest this evening from the New York Mutuals Baseball Club. Coming to you all the way from New York. It's Andy Lumbo. Hi, Andy. Hello. Good to be here. It's good to have you. Oh, I love me some New York. Start spreading. Sing it, Andy. <laughs> I'm leaving today. Anyway. Did uh, you see Andy's reaction to that song? I don't know. I'm starting to wonder. I'm a Mets fan. I, only I knew it. it. When the I knew it right there because <laughs> they play that at the end of the If you go to Andy Lembo's Facebook page, you will see the cutest picture of him and his girlfriend or wife? Wife. Wife. Uh, they've been together, married since 2018. Yes. Yes, one of them in August Yankee. third is our anniversary, so it's coming right up. Uh, yeah, everybody send flowers to Andy. Okay, whatever. <laughs> and then we, uh, one of them is wearing a Yankees jersey since, and one since twenty uh, or married. I don't know what the wording is. Go to his Facebook page. It says together, and then since <laughs> the uh, Yankees jersey says together with twenty on it. Yes, there it is, and. and uh, and the Mets jersey Andy. says "sense" with the eighteen on it, so yeah. it's a divided household, uh, a household uh, that hasn't had to worry about arguing about baseball in many years because <laughs> they're never well, really in the conversation. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> no. But we're going to get to Mets talk uh, with Andy. We're going to talk a lot of stuff with Andy, but I'm going to go ahead and give. The co-hosts of the evening, a time to talk. We'll start with Rudy Frias. Rudy, glad to see you. Start talking now. Let me take myself off mute. Sorry. Yeah, no. Uh, so good to be here. I'm excited to talk to Andy. I, I love that Yeti's joining us. We can no. He's no longer the man in the field or the Yeti in the field. He's he's on the he's on the actual episode. So, no, I can't wait to uh, just get into it. Talk some uh, some baseball. Yeti, also glad to see you. Anything you'd like to add now that you're off suspension and on the air? Well, thanks for inviting me onto the show today. And then, uh, glad to meet Andy. I guess we've crossed paths once before uh, in the place. And uh, can't wait to know more about you, Andy. Looking forward to letting you guys know about me. You guys are I mean, classy. Uh, know about you, too. No, Andy, you don't get to learn jack about us, brother. Uh-uh. Uh, all right. <laughs> that works for me. <laughs> you got to go You gotta go listen to a couple of the podcasts that we're all on. You want to yeah, listen to hear about that? We all have an episode, Andy. Take it up to nine episodes and all right. learn way too much. Well, it'll us. be seven after this one. <laughs> uh, well, this one will count as like 20, though, right? You're going to listen to it 20 times, right? Huh? Uh, most of the places are going to be me. <laughs> 
Uh, Andy, I want to start off with you telling us exactly how you came across Vintage Baseball and where you started, how you, I want everything. Give me it all. Yeah, it actually started in 2018. Uh, and uh, my wife and I, there was a chocolate festival at Old Bethpage Village. So we, we went and spent the day there. Didn't know anything about the vintage baseball, the community at the time. Uh, I went there to eat chocolate. And when right when we walked in, we saw the baseball field and they were having a game. So we decided to watch it and they were actually short a couple of players. So they asked me if I wanted to jump in and play a couple of innings. So of course I said, yes. Uh, my first at bat, I t- uh, tipped out to the catcher. So that was a great experience. That tracks. But uh, I made a couple plays in the field, you know, and it just felt uh, a lot of fun to play. And they invited me to come back and play the following season because that was the last game of the year. What is a chocolate festival? Uh, what it sounds like, it's just hundreds of vendors selling different types of chocolate, chocolate candy, chocolate hearts, uh, chocolate flavored drinks, ice cream, stuff like that. All right. This, 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 I mean, you open the door. I got to walk through it. Um, let's talk chocolate. Uh, do you, are you milk or dark? I'm dark chocolate. Okay. Nice. What's the cacao percentage of, uh, the chocolate you want? Like, is it a higher percentage? Do you want it like, or do you want a lower? I have no idea what that means. I just wanted it to taste good. That's amazing because honestly, I didn't know what that question meant either. I was hoping you could like help me out no. here. No, I'm not a connoisseur. I I just know how to eat it. Do you do you like stuff in your chocolate? Uh, like caramel, fruit. Uh, caramel's good. Fruit, not so much. If it's like part of a like a like a fondue pot type thing, yes. But like. A regular like candy bar? No, I don't like really much anything other than maybe caramel or like the um, the like the Rice Krispies that have like in like in like crunch like bars. Yeah. yeah, yeah, those are great. Okay, um, yeah. this this concludes chocolate talk. Sorry, Barrel Roller. Uh, moved to Yeti. Yeti's got a question. Uh, well, you know, uh, have you ever had any of the uh, spicy uh, chocolates and stuff like that with the habaneros and the Stuff along those lines. Yes, I, I it have. It's like a lot of people who like the dark chocolate, like that kind of mix to it. Yeah, I've had um, a couple pieces of like chocolate with like habanero or like chili peppers in it. Uh, most of the time, you don't really taste much, but uh, it's 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 nice. I'm I I have a lot of hot sauces. Please. I probably have thirty different bottles in my in my refrigerator right now. Um, so like if it's just like a little bit of pepper, like it's my I'm not even going to notice it anymore. Wow. Okay, we'll get back. We'll go to hot sauce talk later. Riv- yeah. Riveting chocolate talk. Boy, you've come to the right <laughs> place for riveting yeah. chocolate talk. I almost fell asleep there. Let's get back to vintage <laughs> baseball. Uh, Andy, what positions are you known to play for the Mutuals? Uh, it's usually second base and outfield. And uh, what was your experience with baseball before you happened upon this place? Uh, I play baseball pretty much every year. Um, between travel teams, uh, uh, softball, the company softball, softball teams with my friends. And then once I got into this, I stopped playing softball and 
pretty much focused on vintage baseball. The community's a lot better. Game's more fun. It's more uh, competitive. Uh, you find the vintage baseball to be more competitive than softball? Is that what you just said? Yeah. Yes. Uh, and But the atmosphere is better, right? Yes, the atmosphere is definitely better. So how many fights in a church parking lot did you get into when you played softball? Uh, church parking lot, zero, but regular parking lot, <laughs> too many. I meant church league softball teams. How many times did you fight a church league softball team? I've never played in the church league softball team, so never. Oh, that's too mm. bad. Do you? I got a, a question about softball. I, And it's only because of my... My experience playing softball in New York, I played down in like Red Hook for a summer and the ball looked weird. It wasn't like a normal, it was like the cover looks like almost leather, but it's, yeah. and yeah. like, do you play with that ball where do you play softball or do you play with one with like actual stitching and stuff? Well, the the ball you're referring to, I believe is called a clincher. Okay. And it's a, it's a softer, lighter ball. So they yep. play that on smaller fields. Uh-huh. Um, when I played co-ed, that's the ball that we used mostly okay. because we didn't want to kill people. True. Um, but when I played in like men's only leagues, we used the regular softballs and those balls were the regular stitching, oh, harder, okay. heavier, carried a lot further. You know what? It's been years. I've been carrying that question with me. Thank yeah. you for answering it for me. Oh, you're welcome. Way better than your chocolate question. Landon. Oh, thanks. Landon, <laughs> anytime Rudy asks a question, you have to follow up with a question. Go. So uh, what uh, locations did you guys usually play a softball at in, in New York? We, no. Uh, we're, played... Are we talking okay. softball? Is this softball talk? No, go ahead. Landon. Yeah, ask that's what kind of went into. <laughs> Landon, ask him anything you want. Go ahead. Uh, so I played, played a lot in Long Island. Uh, softball tournaments out in Long Island. That um, is that a primary place out there? I mean, everybody associates New York with having the, not much land and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, where, where are you playing at? Most of my games are at local parks. Um, so, like, um, basically any baseball field that would allow us to play. Uh, so, it range anywhere from Eastern Long Island to Western Long Island. A lot of years. Um, no, it's not any specific park really at least for me okay all right back to vintage baseball andy worst injury that you've suffered in your five years i've been pretty lucky um my worst injury though was probably uh i was i was on second stealing third and at beth page old beth page there's a hill going up between second and third uh, so a lot of times you can kind of lose your footing trying to steal third. And I tried to steal. I landed directly on my kneecap. And I thought, and it bruised up immediately, swelled up immediately. I couldn't even put weight on it. Um, but the stupid part of me was that we only had nine guys. So I continued playing on it and just ended up making it worse than it probably would have if I just sat out and iced it for the night. Uh, so I missed only, I missed like two or three weeks before I started playing on it again, but I've never had any serious injuries. Well, two or three weeks are pretty lucky with a knee injury uh, right on yeah. the kneecap. So uh, you got yeah. lucky on that. Although not coming Definitely. out of the game did spoil an open spot for somebody who was there to taste chocolate. 
So you could have passed it on to somebody else. You chose not to, and you stayed in the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, there was no chocolate festival that day. So, <laughs> Way to ruin my story, Andy. <laughs> uh, Old Beth Page, uh, I attended last year. I don't know if we we didn't spend any time together. I, I do believe we, we did have our cordial hellos to each other, but I think that's about um, it. Did we talk? Well, you went to... We went to Bat's house, and we, I talked to Steve there for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. that was nice. That was, uh, you know what? If you do that in a backyard here in Michigan, uh, all your neighbors call the cops on you, and they hate you. <laughs> but it seemed like you could do that in Big Bat's backyard, and ever, nobody cared. And I was like, and the houses are so close together. I'm like, it should it sure is nice that everybody gets along here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. Probably saw me singing the Backstreet Boys and then sing. Okay, now you've opened that door. I'm coming through that door. Oh, you gotta, fine. You got to choose one, Backstreet or NSYNC. Who are you uh, choosing? I'm a Backstreet Boys. Heck yeah, because all of them sang. They all yeah. got little solos. Man, Andy, yeah. officially my favorite interview ever right wow. here. Man, my my favorite interview question so far. <laughs> Landon. That means I got to ask you a question, right? Yes. So, um, so pretty common, see a lot of uh, mutual parties and stuff like that, get togethers and that. Um, what's some of your favorite things that you and the mutuals have done together after games? Um, honestly, I just love the like, team camaraderie after the games, uh, hanging out, having a couple drinks, talking about the game, talking about how we can improve the game, improve our team. Um. You know, it's just like a, a family, like a family barbecue, pretty much every every time we hang out, and it's just a nice escape from reality sometimes. Boom. And what of right. what event the mutuals attend? Would you say is the biggest proponent of that way of thinking? What is the biggest vintage baseball reunion event that you look forward to the most? I guess is what I'm saying. Excluding the Doc Adams Festival, because uh, I'm a little biased for that, I would say it's definitely Gettysburg. Uh, when it comes to Gettysburg, there's 30 teams, and every bar that you walk into in Gettysburg, you'll see another team. And it's just great seeing the entire community from different states all over the country in one place, just hanging out, talking baseball, and there's no drama, no nothing, just love for the game and love for your friends and family. Is there somebody, uh, individual or a team that you have become friends with and you still haven't played a match against them? Um, I've probably played against most of them at least once now. Um, there's a guy in Florida. Can't think of his name on the awkward. Bill uh, Bill? Yeah, Bill's a great guy. Um, I actually met him once. My first game with the Mutuals was actually in Orlando uh, right before COVID. But uh, I never really spoke with him until after that event. And he's just a, a really good guy. Um, yeah, that's, that's about it. There's uh, probably a bunch of guys that I don't recognize by, by name but I recognized them on the field that I became friends with uh, on Facebook first. <laughs> you know, 
You know, Andy, after this interview, it's my goal that I get added to that list for you. I mean, with the Backstreet Boy question, we're batting a thousand here. I mean, am I right, guys? Yeah. Was it the Backstreet Boys that Andy Samberg on Brooklyn Nine-Nine starts having everybody in the lineup start singing? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's an amazing episode. Yeah. Yeah. Top quality TV right there. Exactly. Uh, I, I was just thinking the other night, man, we are, we are going off the rails here. Brooklyn nine, nine. I was thinking about how I just wanted to watch all of the heist episodes back to back to back to back. Those are great episodes. Just the heists. Damn it. Uh, Andy, I'm sorry. We keep, we keep taking you away. Uh, we're big in Canada, Andy, and you're just going to have to trust me on that. Um, Andy, you worked at Sears. What did you do at Sears? Um, I was a shift supervisor and trainer, and I was also the head appliance salesman. So, Um, so Sears is in a lot of trouble. They pretty much don't exist anymore. I know they don't exist around here. Would you say that they started falling off when you left for Cablevision? Uh, well, my store closed, was for, basically foreclosed on. So um, they were doing bad while I was there. Would you say uh, you're the reason that Sears is now defunct? Uh, I would say I'm a huge part of the reason why my store closed. <laughs> but um, no, but I, I was I was a good salesman. I always hit goals. Um, it was just rent in on Long Island is just ridiculous. And for a small store, like the store I was working at, it was just impossible to keep up. When people are out there buying appliances and dealing with a salesman, what would you say the percentage of the truth is being told? Well, that's why I was an okay salesman is because I always ended up telling the truth. Um, You know, I, I was never the person to upsell a customer because I was like, if I'm not going to, want that in their shoes i'm not going to sell it to them and that's also probably why they went out of business so i had that so, mindset so are you saying you never sold any extended warranties at all um pretty much i would ask only because i i would have to but i would never push it or anything and i would i sold them of course because someone would come in and say like no i absolutely want it and i would be like all right great i get five percent of that so that's fine but I know it's not worth the money. I know it's not worth worth it for them in the long run. So I never really cared enough. All right, uh, Rudy, when Landon jumps the line and asks a question, you then have to back up his question with a Backstreet Boys question. So, Rudy, the floor is yours. Okay, so um, obviously the Millennium album produced a lot of hits. Um, What would you say would be your favorite Backstreet Boys off of that Millennium album. I mean, you've got so many to choose from. You show me the meaning. I want it that way. The one, you know. Uh, well, uh, two of those songs are not on that album. So. Oh no! Oh. Which uh 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 uh? They're all on that album. I, I don't believe so. I'm gonna have to pull it up here. Let's do this. Oh my god! I hope I hope Rudy's wrong. Oh, so bad, so bad. I can taste it. Okay, here we go. Are we ready? 
uh, let's see, Millennium. All right, so the call is not on that album. It's on Black I, and Blue. No, I didn't. I didn't say the call. I said, show me the meaning, the one, and I want it that way. Well, I wanted. Okay, I thought I thought you said uh, the call, not the one. But yeah, the one's on there. Uh, I want it that way is on there. Yeah. So what would you what would, what what's your go to Backstreet Boys song? Um, my go to Backstreet Boys song, pretty much anything from the first album. Yeah. Um, like as long as you love me, everybody. Uh, um, quit playing games. Quit playing games. Then I like a lot of the black and blue songs too. So yeah. the call, shape of my heart, uh, shining shape star. Shape of my heart, dude. Yeah. We're gonna have more Backstreet Boy talk later in this episode because we could go yeah. on. I'm excited. Yeah. Hey. I feel I like Barrel Roller, boys all day. Barrel Roller tuned us out. <laughs> no, I'm playing it right now. Oh, this uh, podcast is going to go from 60 minutes to 20 minutes. <laughs> this is the difference between you and me, Rudy. X Gen X, millennial. <laughs> you guys can't hear my Backstreet Boys? We can hear it. We just heard it. We just heard it. You turned it up. We heard it. <laughs> yeah, I got it at the ready. I mean, I think it's like full of Canada. <laughs> all right, Andy, I want you to go all the way back. Take your memories all the way back to when you were just a young Andrew because your mother called you that whenever you got in trouble. You go outside, you play with your friends. You can never find 17 other friends to play baseball. It's our favorite question on the podcast. What was your first memories of baseball like in your neighborhood? Um, from when I was about until I was about like 12 or 13, we played wiffle ball. Um, we started off on my driveway. My dad was a big baseball fan, a uh, big, big, big baseball player. Um, he actually tried out for the Mets and the Blue Jays. Um, so he had a history of just getting people involved with, with the game. And uh, so my friends would always come over. He'd pitch us. He'd pitch, and we'd just hit wiffle balls. And uh, then eventually we upgraded to stickball. And we played that probably up until, like, we were all, like, 20 years old. Like, we would just meet up every Saturday and Sunday and just play. So are you playing stickball in the street, or do you have fields to play on? Uh, we would just go up against the wall, bring a piece of chalk, and that was it. Uh, so you're playing against a wall. What is the exact kind of ball you're playing with, the tennis ball? We, we played with the tennis ball. And about how many kids on an average were you getting together to play this? Uh, most weekends was probably four. Uh, sometimes we'd have five, so he that fifth person would just hit for both teams. And uh, on rare occasions, we'd have six. Did you have something set up for a home run in the outfield? Was there like a uh, some ob- obstacle, like a tree <coughs> or a fence or anything like that that you would play as a home run? Yeah, there was uh there was a little league field uh where we normally played and where the fence started by home plate. That's what we call the home run. And uh you're using ghost runners, I assume. You're not running any bases yeah. in this, are you? No, no, go it's all ghost runners. I mean, how are you supposed to get your exercise as a kid, Andy, if you got all these kids I mean you got to run the bases if you want the chocolate, Andy. I think that's really yeah. pretty much what we're going for here. But 
No, we didn't run. <laughs> we didn't run bases in my thing either. Rudy, did you run bases as a kid? Yeah, absolutely. We just we we say those half the fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Landon, yeah. did you run bases in your kid version? Oh yeah, we ran bases. Um, everything but cork ball, but everything else had base running. Uh, Rudy, Backstreet Boys question. All right, so you brought up um, <laughs> the shape of my heart, and it, I'm just naturally it, uh, interested in the evolution of the Backstreet Boys and their past albums after uh, the Black and Blue album. Um, I personally like uh, Inconsolable. That's one of my favorite posts, like, their boom phase do you have uh, a favorite after like black and blue that you listen to um it's probably uh in a world like this yeah yeah uh which was actually 10 years about 10 years ago and it has just a lot of really catchy tunes on it yeah oh sorry i'm trying to decide which one of you two knows the most about the backstreet boys this is incredible <laughs> uh who's gonna are you going to catch flack for this? Do people give flack for the Backstreet Boys? They did when they were, I don't remember. When did you get made fun of the most as a Backstreet Boy fan? In the beginning, right? Not now. Not I actually. Personally, uh, Andy, I don't know about you, but back in school, you would for talent shows, you would do lip sync productions, and we did the Backstreet Boys, and it was a hit with yeah. the ladies. Didn't get made fun of. I would say... Uh, before fifth grade, it was a cool thing to listen to. And then after sixth, it kind of went, I don't yeah. really tell people that I listen to it. <laughs> and then, like, all of a sudden, like, senior year, it was cool again to listen to the Backstreet Boys. Exactly. Uh, okay, so in order for us to figure out who's the biggest Backstreet Boys nerd out of you two, it's going to be a simple competition. You guys have to fit in titles of songs and the subjects you're talking about the rest of the show. Okay. So, <laughs> so, uh, Andy, uh, did you, what was your organized baseball history? Like, did you, did you play little league and how far did you go with that? Uh, I played little league a lot. Um, sometimes I felt like I was drowning with all the games that I was playing. Uh, but we really had it going on a lot of the summers. Um, you know, we, so we played a lot of games and I always gave all I had to give. Um, on the ball field. Uh, so I always ran hard, um, you know, played the game the right way, tried to get all this to play the game the right way. Um, you know. He's too good at this. Yeah, no, this is this is getting it's getting harder to think of an answer and not such a song. Uh, Rudy, how many points did he just get? He got like, he got like seven or six. <laughs> like he, he was just ripping them off that was amazing all right i'm gonna i'm gonna cheat for rudy a little bit rudy i'm gonna give you a couple of seconds to gather yourself uh to put together a good question for andy uh (laughs) as uh, we continue with andy talk uh but andy did you did you play in high school uh i never made the team i tried out every year uh i played travel ball during the summer with most of the guys on the team though um so always kept in touch with them so you basically went right into softball then probably right out of high school uh yeah yeah and uh playing uh, a ton of matches and baseball 
do you do you remember your best and favorite baseball memory with your father? Um, I don't know how appropriate it is for our podcast, but uh, there was one game my dad was watching us, and we were on a team. I was playing baseball on a team, and we were probably the worst team in the league. Uh, every game we were losing 15 to nothing. Like, like we had a couple guys who were good ball players, um, and but we never really gelled as a team. Um, we didn't know like a lot of the kids on the team didn't have like the right mechanics and stuff like that. And, uh, one day my dad goes up to the coach and says, like, I don't know what you're doing here. Like, if you don't know how to run a team or coach kids or get kids to learn the mechanics, what are you doing? And the guy goes, you know what, if you think you're so good, you coach this team next year. And my dad goes, all right, fine. So we went from, I think it was like 0-12 or 0-14 or something like that, take the same exact team, and we end up going to this the second to last uh, round of the playoffs. We ended up going like 12-2. and uh, Every game we were hitting, we were running, we were stealing bases, we were making plays. We had guys who learned how to pitch, not just throw, like, throw hard. Like they knew how, learned how to pitch in, up, down, side. Uh, and that was probably just seeing the turnaround from all my friends from having someone who loved the game like like we did was probably my most memorable experience. How is that and, not uh, appropriate for the podcast? That's what we well, want, no. man. <laughs> that's, 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 that's the part good one. stuff. During that season, here. I always said that we were like the 86 Mets for this season because we had a bunch of guys with short tempers, my dad included. And uh, there was one game where uh, one of our players gets ejected for covering first base. Mm-hmm. Um, umpire didn't really have a reason or anything like that. So my dad, we're, we're losing against the, the, we're in second place at the time. We're playing the number one team. And uh, we were down like six to two or something like that. And so not only does the best kid on our team, our star center fielder, our, our cleanup hitter get ejected from the game. My dad gets ejected too for sticking up for him on the field and trying to find out why he got ejected. He wasn't cursing. He wasn't doing anything. And uh, so my, so as a team, we kind of got together and we're just like, we got to win it for Coach Lumbo. And we ended up winning the game seven to six in the last inning. And just knowing that our team didn't give up and we kind of won for the someone that was covering for us meant meant a lot that's cool yeah uh that is a great story i don't know do you i mean that's can you tell us 10 more stories just like it (laughs) did your dad move you to shortstop (laughs) um every other coach's son (laughs) he tried to my dad was a shortstop so he did try to get me to play short but uh i was never really a shortstop i like the outfield um, so I, I pretty much patrolled center field all through little league and stuff like that. Well, Landon just went out of turn again. That means it's time for Rudy Frias's question for Andy go. <laughs> okay. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make you rank or pick a favorite backstreet boy. Um, right. Because that, that would be, 
uncalled for, exactly. and it goes exactly. against what they believe. In. Um, but is there a solo that an individual has that you resonate with, or that you like to hear the most? Like, for instance, I really enjoy. Uh, and this is for the uh, the podcasting audience, so they know because everyone's seen the I Want It That Way music video. But I like the uh, where Howie D comes in with at the end and he makes that big hand gesture. I like his solo. Is there a solo you like? Uh, I really can't say anything about solo, but I do think that Brian was the best singer on the on the Backstreet Boys. Yeah. Um, he, had he had the voice. Unfortunately, he no longer has the voice. Um, he's dealt with a lot of health issues, so he doesn't really sing that much anymore. And you can hear that when you do see them in concert now. And and did you hear? <clears throat> I'm sorry. Did you hear? Did you see the Netflix documentary about? Yeah, that? Of course, I saw it today. It came out. Yeah, fans, folks, check out. And and this is not a joke. It's a legit like it's a documentary. It's very well done. It yeah. delves into this issue because they're like, hey, you're not able to hit the notes you used to be able to hit. It gets real. It's a good yeah. documentary. Yeah. Sounds like a real tearjerker. Uh, for a Backstreet Boys fan like Rudy and I, it was. Yeah. Sick and tired of hearing all these people talk about. So, best musical performance uh, was in sync when they played at the MTV Music Awards and Michael Jackson came out with the extra sketch. All right, thank you. Um, <laughs> back to vintage baseball. <laughs> you think I don't know my stuff? Huh? Look at you. Huh? Okay. You don't know me? You don't know me? You're so young and hip. Uh, Andy, I am not young and hip, but tell me when you go play at the old Beth page, Doc Adams festival, tell me one player on a different team. This, this is an oldie, but a goodie ROTB question that you just enjoy watching because of the way that they play the game. Um, I would, I would say, uh, TC from, the Atlantic is a lot of fun to watch. Um, he's he's always very involved with the people, the fans, um, playing the game hard, hitting the ball, making great catches. Um, Colin from, I think he's on the Mac. He's a lot of fun too. Um, then there's like guys who are just like real characters that play the game real hard, like Pine Tar from Hartford, uh, from Connecticut. Uh, you know he's he's always a lot of fun to play against because of how serious he takes the the actual nineteenth century aspect of it and the history of it. You ha- um, you have a lot of episodes to catch up on because everybody you've named so far has an episode on this podcast. Oh, well, those are the ones that I watched. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see who who else who else. Uh, I'm I'm terrible with names because every time I go to a field, someone comes up to me, and goes, "Hey, Ren Man," and I go, oh, "Hey, buddy." Hey, champ. Hey, yeah. Tiger. Good to see yeah. you, boss. <laughs> yeah, that that's me, and I'm like, I don't, I don't I don't know how you know my name, but I don't know yours. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I'll get you out of this line of questioning. Tell me a Backstreet Boys song that you don't like. That might be the hardest question so far. But there's one. Um, there is one. <laughs> I'm not actually a huge fan of their um, the last full album DNA. 
<laughs> Sorry, I'm getting over a cold here, so I keep No off. worries. Get, get it on. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, like, there's only, like, two or three songs from that album that I actually like. So I guess you can pretty much go uh, almost anything from there. Rudy, your least favorite Ooh. Backstreet Boys song. Um, excuse me. You know, I, I can't do it. There is one. There's going to be one. Is is there got to be one? Okay. So like, how about, let me rephrase the question for you. Yeah. Your least favorite. Um, (laughs) I, I would say it. Where on your body are all your Blackstreet Boy tattoos? I don't have a tattoo for we've got it going on, uh, on and but that's kind of one that gets you going. But here's the thing: the reason that it kind of played out for me is is that it was played all the time around the group of people that I knew, <laughs> and I, I just can't hear that without going back to those those awkward teenage years. <laughs> so I can, I could go without that one. All right, I will tell you too that the final the final Backstreet Boys questions coming down to this. The reason okay. why the reason why I asked that question is they asked the Backstreet Boys, "What is your worst, your least favorite song that you've done?" And four out of five of them all said the same song. Okay, I'm going to start. Tell us the tell uh, us the album. Hmm. I don't see the album, but I will tell you the quote from AJ is that it's the biggest piece of crap. Uh, I can't tell you the album. Oh, I can. Okay. Nope, I can't. Uh, nope, because this was a question as they're, as they're, oh, this might help you. I don't know how many albums they've had. A lot. But this question was asked as they were releasing their 10th album, which was DNA. Okay. So it's okay. in, it's within the first nine albums. Okay. And, uh, four out of five said it's the worst song ever. I'm going to have you both guess. I'm going to start with AJ. AJ, do you have a guess what they think it is? Who, who's AJ? AJ, 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 AJ? Or, no, a, I'm sorry. AJ, AJ is. <laughs> Like I said, moonshine. Hey, everybody wanted to be AJ. I used to do my facial hair like AJ back in the day. He's <laughs> the bad boy. Yeah. Okay, you guys took it to the wrong place. Uh, okay, Andy, sorry, sorry. Okay. Andy, sorry about the slip. You're not AJ, but you wanted to be. Apparently, everybody did. Uh, Andy, what is the worst song according to them? Um. I don't really know. Oh, I have to give. Sorry, it's overplayed, over commercialized. Um, Rudy, I'm going to give you I a would, guess. I would guess larger than life. Landon, I'm going to give you a guess. <laughs> for the win. Landon, for the win. Uh, for the win, Landon. Grounding. <laughs> Too personal. <laughs> The answer is if you want it to be good, girl, get, oh. get yourself a bad boy. Yeah. 
And everyone said they liked it or hated it except for AJ because he was a bad boy. <laughs> I will say that when I was younger, I thought that song was great. And then as I got older, I was like, no, this song is crap. Well, wait a minute. I just asked you if there was a song you yeah. didn't like and you said, huh. Oh. I, I couldn't. I don't know. I don't remember all their songs off the top of my head. I threw that one out. <laughs> oh, no. I get that. Uh, but you did say you enjoyed their entire collection. Maybe you should rethink that. Uh, Andy, what do you got left on your schedule this year that you're looking forward to? Uh, well, we have Doc Adams this weekend. Yes. Um, so there's a lot of great games coming up. Um, Art Shamsky, the Mets legend, is throwing out the first pitch on Saturday. Nice. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, but we have, we're playing games from 58. Um, to, to 64. Um, we might be playing a, a. Usually we play an overhand game too, but I don't see it here. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, Providence in the Mac. They're doing a 84 game. Okay. Um, so you get you can see all different errors this weekend. Um, so that's a lot of fun. Have you have you guys played any of the 58 games? The fifth. I I played a I played a fifty eight game a long like, whew, I'd say probably by now this is about eight years ago I played a fifty eight game, so yeah, the uh, I think the Springfield Long Nine uh, played fifty eight. Never met them. They're uh, and 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 Kate for the listeners because you know we're here in the Midwest they're not you know maybe not aware of what a fifty eight match is. Why don't you take a second and explain the difference or some of the differences? Um, there's no tagging. Um, the, there's no back line like they're in on the pitcher's mound, like they're they used there is in like 64. So they can uh, like, so yeah, they it, can take like a running start, right? Yeah, but that would be considered the start of that wind up. So, like, if you're on first, you could probably end up on third by the time the, the catcher gets <laughs> it. Um, yeah, so we have that. Um, I've only played it once before, so I'm not. Super. Yeah, no, it, it's pretty freeing as a base runner because, like, is that the free back? That's the free back, right? You get like, you hit, they hit the ball, you just take off. If they catch it in the air, you go, you go back to the bag. You don't yeah. get to go. You don't advance. You don't have to tag up. You can't be tagged out. Like I remember as a younger person loving that because I'd be like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go from first to third in a pop fly. It's gonna be a piece of cake. So. Yeah. Did you soak um, in fifty eight? No, I don't think you could soak in 58. No, no. Um, there was no called balls. Uh, yeah. So that's not always great when you have a bunch of games back-to-back, so that's why it's the last game of the day. Um, there's no baselines, but obviously we're, gonna, we're not going to erase them and then put them back on. Um, no. And uh, 58, there was also two umpires, not one. Uh but we'll, we'll probably just stick with one umpire for our games. And then uh, I'm going to be seeing you at uh, Rocky Point. Am I going to be seeing you at Rocky Point? Yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I'll definitely be there. Um, my wife's family is from over there, so, um, you know, it's always a fun trip for me. They actually get to come down and watch me play a game I'm passionate about. On Google Earth, it looks like you're right next to the ocean. How accurate is that? The For Rocky Point? Yeah. Um, it's probably not that far. I mean, all 
East Coast is probably not far from from the ocean. It's right on. How accurate was the movie Jaws? <laughs> um, I wouldn't say very accurate. <laughs> How accurate will it be after the ocean reaches 102 degrees and the sharks keep coming inland? Um, probably more accurate. Did you guys <laughs> did you, did you all hear about the orcas that are now in the Florida Keys? Oh, the ones that are attacking all the vessels. Well, yeah, and they're they're since they're the great whites are flooding the warmer waters now. Pods of orcas are coming into like Florida to hunt great whites. It's it's a it's a fantastic, interesting time to be alive. Yeah. Well, you know how you avoid shark attacks. I can tell you right now, there's a there's a million ways to die in the world or the West. Uh, but shark attack won't be one of them for me because uh, I stay out of their yard, and I'm not interested. So- so uh, the odds of you being attacked by a shark though are so slim. It's still slim, but Andy, let me share this story gamble. with you. Uh, I went snorkeling uh, in the Florida Keys, and it was an amazing experience. By the way, I loved it. Uh, but then uh, I heard I was down. I saw some barracuda. They leave you alone, but they're still mm-hmm. very menacing. It's very intimidating. Yeah, that's, that's scary. Yeah. Like. They could have killed me if they wanted to. They were huge. I would be dead if they did not like me. Uh, And I come up uh, to the top, and I hear somebody, oh, I don't know, 100 yards away, that's part of our group, say, hey, everybody, there's a shark over here. There's a shark over here, and they're waving, and everybody starts heading over there. Now, let me tell you what. I am not heading over to where a shark is. I am not telling everybody there's a shark like, hey, come and look at it. Uh, I am going as fast as I can in the opposite direction. These are humans. This is why this world is in this kind of shape. Humans were flocking to see a shark. And they did not know the size of it. They did not know the kind of it. They did not know the situation. They're just like, hey, That's oh when I knew God. the planet was doomed. That was the moment. You know, you know uh, listener, if you want to see Barrel Roller holding a shark, uh, uh, you can also, I mean, for the the uh, for the YouTube family, you see Yeti here holding his shark. But Barrel Roller, I believe, mentioned catching a six-foot shark <laughs> in, in six. the Florida I Keys. I said four. And, no, I think you said seven-and-a-half-foot-long shark. And he caught it off the coast of the Florida Keys, and there's a picture of it on the Bay City versus Flat Rock YouTube, uh, 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 the game on YouTube. So check that out. That was scary. That damn thing was all muscle. You ever hold a snake, and you're like, why am I holding this thing? It's all muscle. Shark's the same way. Like, I don't understand what was what, what was I doing. I don't know what's going on. Uh Your water. Uh, anyway, Andy, you're a huge New York Mets fan. I'm sorry. Uh, your wife is a big Yankees fan. My apologies to, to your entire family. Uh, <laughs> do you mimic the spending of the New York teams? Do you and your wife like to go out and spend all of your money and get nothing in return? Um, we do spend a lot of money, but I wouldn't say we get nothing in return. Uh, we spend most of our money traveling. Um, 
to see other baseball teams? Yeah, uh, we just saw the New Hampshire Chicken Tenders. Uh, Yeah, they actually one one game a year they call themselves Manchester Chicken Tenders because apparently Manchester, New Hampshire is the origination of the chicken tender. There's no like way they that's created true. it in 1973. Like I had to look it up. I didn't believe it. I was like, "There's no way a chicken tender is only 50 years old." Uh, <laughs> apparently, it is. Uh, but yeah, so one one game a year, they call themselves the chicken tenders, and that just happened to be the game that we went to. They had cheap chicken tenders all night long. Um, so and we got to watch uh, some double A baseball. So it was a good time. That's awesome. Yeah. On the same note, I interviewed Bobby Valentine. Did you listen to that interview? Not at all. Damn it. <laughs> uh, in that interview, I asked him if he, in fact, invented the wrap sandwich, and he does say that that is a true s- statement. Did you know that Bobby Valentine invented the wrap sandwich? Right, like just a wrap in general? He invented the process of a wrap sandwich. I did not know that. I well, wouldn't believe it either. Well, these things and more you can find out by going back in the archives of the Roller Elder Barrel Show and finding the Bobby Valentine episode. Did you know that Bobby Valentine was an accomplished ballroom dancer, Andy? No, I Bobby Valentine was uh, the match manager when I was super young. Oh. Did you did you know that Bobby Valentine refers to him as the rap sandwich once a year? <laughs> He's that I did not know either, but makes sense now. So Bobby Valentine's a little before your time. Let me ask you, how much are you in your feelings on Bobby Bonilla Day every year? Uh it's whatever at this point. Um it was a good deal for the Mets at the time. It's better to pay a million dollars for 20 years than it was to pay like $12 million at that one time when they're trying to get other players uh, over the course of the entire contract. Obviously, it's not worth it, but at the time, it was a smart move. Speaking of smart moves, um, how many games do you try to evenly split games that you and your wife attend, or is it truly a house divided like? you won't set foot in the Bronx and she won't go to city or is it like, do you try to space it out and catch equal amount of games a year? Um, we try to do equal games. Yeah. Um, but I'd probably say we could probably go to Yankee stadium more on average. Are you a pot stir? Do you wear your med stuff? Um, no, but I, I am also an Oakland athletics fan. Oh, right. Um, yeah. Cause I was always a night owl. So they would always play the night game when I was getting ready for bed. Yeah. Um, so I have gone to playoff games where it was Yankees Athletics, and I've worn my Athletics attire, <laughs> and that was never fun. I can't imagine what I've, I I hear what they. I mean, I've I've experienced what they yell at people who yeah. are wearing the opposing team's uniform. Yeah. Um. They. they yeah. They're not nice people, but uh, I mean, the same can be said about the Mets too. Mets fans or baseball fans in general are jerks. There you go. But I will say, like, the one city I was personally surprised with was Philadelphia. I went there for a Mets game. Uh, I went there for a Rangers game, too, for the Flyers. And I was expecting it to just be a madhouse against, like, my handful of friends I went there with. And they were great. 
they were buying us drinks. They were friendly. They were like, oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was like, this is the evil, like, Philly fans that I keep hearing about. And so, yeah, like, no, they, most of us are really that, good. The, the Philly fans, people of Philly, beat the snot out of a, a hitchhiking robot that went through Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> continuous trip. And they were nice fans. Yes. I, uh, listen, yeah. that's the 1% right there. The, the, other, the other 99 seems to be fine. I've never had a bad experience in Philly, and I've been there a couple times now. I have to back up what Andy's saying. I went last year when I, after the Doc Adams Festival, we took a, a vacation down the East Coast. Philadelphia was one of our stops. We went to a Phillies game, and uh, it was a wonderful experience. I'm telling you, I had a great time in Philadelphia. I had they were just wonderful people. I don't, I can only tell you what my experience was. Like I, I know they get a bad rap, and is uh, this, it's amazing. Is this the same place that they? Threw snowballs at Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just just making sure we're talking about the same location. It was, <laughs> uh, but it's it's also uh, the same place that declared our independence from England. So oh, there. You, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I didn't get a chance to go to the Baltimore Orioles game on that note because it rained. Uh, son of a bitch. And uh, I wanted to go to a Mets game. At City Field, I didn't get to go to that one. What was the other? I did go to another game, though. Oh, I went to a Washington Nationals game. That's kind of a weird layout for a stadium. Andy, you ever been to a Nationals game? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was nice. What I liked the most, though, was across the street, they have, like, the pregame area. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and so they have, like, a giant, like, a stage there, a giant jumbotron where they have, like, TV, beers that are, like, half off or something like that. Uh cornhole darts like food and like i would just i hung out there for like 90 minutes before the game and i was probably having more fun there than i was actually in the stadium yeah uh i will agree with you uh as soon as i got there i i, I took a selfie with theodore roosevelt the 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 mascot that does the running of the president so that was cool my only problem was people trying to go to the game got to go through this it's it's clogged it's just people. It's a sea of people. And so you can't just like walk in and head to your seat. It's more than that. Uh, yeah. My favorite part was the lobster roll. <laughs> you knew it was going to be food. And it was. Yeah. Uh, I don't like the big W that's in green in center field. It's unappealing. I don't like it. Yeah, it wasn't, it's a little weird to me. It looks like it's covered in that stuff people do on their porches, like the fake grass. Like, yeah, yeah, it was, I don't, I didn't like the stadium that much. Philadelphia had a good stadium. Philadelphia is beautiful. Um, I think I'm at like 15 or 16 MLB stadiums right now. Okay. What's Um, your favorite? San San Francisco is great. Um, so that that's probably in my top three uh, without putting them in any order. Seattle was great. Um, and I like Baltimore. Oh, Camden. Yeah. Yeah. Can't, the Camden Yards is really, really nice. Um, San Diego was great. Um, oh, oh, Oakland was better than expected. Um, no. Yeah, they're so far away better. from the field. 
I mean, their their tickets there are dirt cheap. So we sat like like three rows behind home plate for like forty five dollars a piece, and it was just it was just great. But yeah, but like you can you can see the age in it. Um, so if I was sitting like anywhere else, it probably would have been terrible. But like we just like the tickets are so so cheap there that we just got the nicest ones available. Have you been to Cincinnati or Detroit? I've been to Cincinnati uh, twice. We went to actually went to Cincinnati on our way to the Tavia Festival a couple of years ago. Um, we went there with like there's like three teams there, um, so that was a lot of fun. Nice. Um, Detroit, I haven't been to yet. It's worth it. That's a fine stadium. It's not going to be your favorite. It's not going to be in the top three, but it's a it's a great stadium. But Cincinnati. I always speak highly of Cincinnati, not only because of the wonderful museum they have next to the stadium and what they've done outside around the stadium, but it felt like a, it was a great place to watch a baseball game. I mean, yeah, it, it was amazing. Love Cincinnati. Can't wait to go to Fenway. Do you have any, uh, advice for me as I go to Fenway park in a couple of weeks? No, I was actually at Fenway for a Mets game. Uh, not this Friday, the Friday that's past, but the Friday before, where they got rained out in the third inning, of course. But um, it's a lot. You might, depending on where your seat is, you might actually be better off just hanging out in the standing room uh, because there's seats where, like, this seat is facing like the left field wall. Like you won't, you'd have to turn your head all the way to oh, the side to no. see home plate. Um, so there's there's a lot of seats like that because it was never built for it to hold you know 30,000 people however it holds so they just built chair like rows and rows and rows on top of each other it's out of care of where you're actually looking um but like what's really cool about Fenway is they basically shut down like a two block radius all around the field and every bar every restaurant is out on the street um, so you can go into each one with your ticket, like uh, with all the other Red Sox fans, grab drinks from this bar, walk over to the next one, and then walk right into the stadium. Like it's it, it that's that's great. That's a great part of it. I believe I'm I'm sitting in the area of the pesky pole, not not right next to it, but I believe I you know what section. Uh, I I don't, uh, not <laughs> off the top of my head, but uh, but yeah. So I'm gonna sign the pesky pole because I know how cheesy that is, but I can't help it. I'm a cheeser, so I got to <laughs> do that. Yeah, um, and you should see if anyone's playing at House of Blues too. Uh, it's right right across the street from there, and they have a lot of good shows there at, at night. House of Blues, absolutely. Yeah. Then on Monday, I'm taking a tour of Fenway Park. Because I can't punish my wife enough with just a baseball game. <laughs> She's a trooper. I remember how much you punished her taking her to uh, Doc Adams last year. She, uh, <laughs> listen, she does not like the baseball, but she loves people. So it's not like it's a complete loss for her. She, yeah, yeah. she loves talking right. to people. She loves making new friends. Uh, she, uh, she, is looking forward to seeing some of those very same people 
And uh, yes, my wife is a trooper. God bless her. There's no service line. I I gave her credit. We have a one-year-old and she's like, oh yeah, you can go to Gettysburg for three days. You can go to Providence. You can go here. You can go to Maryland. Leave me home with with the baby for the weekend. Wait till you find out where she's going without you. (laughs) She, She took my daughter to her first baseball game without me, so. Yankee game, probably. Uh, no, it's actually the Blue Sox, which is the, the Red Sox minor league team. Oh. But, uh, but, yeah, not that she watched any of it. She was <laughs> – she went – they went, like, the same week that she learned how to walk, so she was just trying to run everywhere. Nice. Yeah. All right, Andy, uh, unless Rudy has any more Backstreet Boys questions, we're going to get you out of here on a little – give you the old pepper. It's a little thing we do. I don't know if you've heard that in any of the six episodes you've listened to, but it was probably in there if you went all the way through. Rudy, any backstreet questions? I mean, I would, it's a weird world and I would feel incomplete if I didn't get a chance to throw in a question. Um, You know, now stay with me, barrel roller and Yeti. I don't want to lose you now, but uh, everybody uh, who has experienced the New York mutuals um, have, have a story about big bat that they can share. And, you know, this is a larger than life character in our community. And I just wanted, I just wanted to know if you had any fun, uh, uh, big bat questions. And, and, and I just want you to know he, he still, he listens. So what do you got? Um, quite, are you asking me questions for Big Bat? No, just a, a story about Big Bat. You got one? Uh, well, Big Bat hates the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> um, so he never lets that down. Every time I'm with him and music comes on, he, he makes fun of me for liking the Backstreet Boys. Oh, he's going to love this uh, episode. Yeah, he's, he's going to be like, you're supposed to talk about Doc Adams. You talked about Backstreet Boys the whole time. <laughs> And well, it, you know, it's hard not to talk about the Backstreet Boys. Just blame us. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that answer but, was incomplete. Thank you. Uh, good job. <laughs> you did it. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'll never break but, it. Uh, but uh, really, about Big Bat. Big Bat, he's like almost like a big brother to me at the, at this point. Um, he's He's got. He really got me involved in the game, um, you know. And he always seems to bring everybody who comes down to the field under his wing uh, to teach them the rules, to get them involved with like the team parties and other team members. And um, it probably wouldn't be the same experience without him around. So I really appreciate like everything that he does for us. Well, uh, I don't want to lose you now, but. We have to do a little, <laughs> we have to do a little, uh, giving you the old pepper. Here we go with some background music. The semi <laughs> That was so great. That is not what I went to play. Who, who likes semi charmed life? What a stupid song. Uh, anyway. Hello. Love that song. What are you talking about? I've seen three, I've been like four times in concert. Like, you kidding me? No, absolutely. <laughs> How many songs did you have to sit through to get to that one, Andy? 
Oh, oh it's probably it's probably was the last song of the night. Yeah, like, yeah. They have so many good songs, it doesn't oh, matter. It's terrible. Uh, here we go. That whole debut album was fantastic. Yeah, it was. Absolutely not. No, <laughs> we've. I'm sorry that at the end of this episode we've come across this, but holy crap, uh, Andy, bunt or sacrifice fly? Uh, Backstreet Boys. What's the best birthday present you ever got? Uh, Backstreet Boys ticket. <sighs> Tell me about your backstage experience with the Backstreet Boys. Uh, um, I actually, I had uh, VIP tickets to the New Kids on the Block Backstreet Boys backstage passes, and uh, I got to meet the band. And I didn't ask too many questions, but they're not a band. Uh, they're not a band. They're not playing They're instruments. Band. They're not a band. They have a single. You shut your mouth. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I got to watch a bunch of women my age drool over them, and it was actually just a lot of fun. I, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like <clears throat> you're the Rudy version on the East Coast. I hadn't... Excuse me. Same experience. I didn't get the VIP tickets. Same concert. Same tour. Same overall experience. This is blowing my mind. Boy, you guys really have the right stuff. Uh, construct the perfect hot dog. That's a little something for me. It's, it's just mustard. What? Yeah, just mustard. Depending on how I feel, I'll sprinkle a little hot sauce on there. But you don't need to go fancy with a hot dog. Uh, who is your favorite character from the Christmas movie Die Hard? Um, I've probably never seen that movie. Stop the music. <laughs> oh. Now I understand why you've only listened to six episodes of this show, Andrew. You are seriously lacking seriously lacking in your social skills of moving on how how did you learn how to be a man without john mcclain in your life it's not possible you're not a man yet you gotta watch die hard the end next question <laughs> what was your first car uh, it was a hyundai elantra what was your first job uh i was umpiring baseball games Uh, you've got to have a story about umpiring and dealing with parents. There's got to be one, not your own, not your own. Yeah. Um, there's a lot. I used to do a lot of, uh, tournament games and there was one game. It was the championship game. And, uh, I called their, a team's cleanup hitter out on strikes with the bases loaded. And he, uh, turned around and swung the bat at me. Um, so I immediately ended the game right there. Uh, team, the team had to forfeit the game because I was like, I'm, I'm not dealing with someone swinging a bat at me. Um, and so that was an experience. And how old were you? Um, 14, oh 15. My God. Yeah. Um, and then there was, uh, another time 
at my hometown. So I knew the coach and uh, I called his son out at third for stealing third. And he got, he got annoyed for me calling him out, uh, said I cost him the game. And then he followed me into the parking lot, like screaming and harassing me, saying he was going to like beat me for ruining his, his team's chance to win. And then just at that, at that moment, my father pulls up in his car to pick me up because I was only like 15, 14 or 15 at the time. And my dad sees this grown man harassing me. And my dad, I don't even know if he parked the car. He just kind of like jumped out and threw this guy against the fence. And all of a sudden, this guy went from big bad, I'm going to scream and yell and holler at this kid to like, oh my God, I'm sorry. Like, I'll never step on a baseball field again. And then he quit coaching and never did it again. Wow. Your dad's a badass, right? Yeah. Uh, I have to, I talk it up sometimes, but yeah, he's, he's pretty cool. Uh, all right, Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we appreciate you, especially not knowing exactly what you're in for as you have limited experience with this show or Die Hard, I might add. Uh, I want to thank Rudy and Landon for joining us. Thanks all of you for joining the show. Landon, say goodbye. Hi, everybody. And Andy, thanks for coming on and getting to talk to you. I hope to maybe see you next year at Gettysburg. Yeah, looking forward to it. Gettysburg is uh, definitely one of the best places to play. So if you're there, let me know. What a gentleman. Well, uh, Rudy, go ahead. Use your new goodbye. Oh, you didn't you know, study, did you? Uh, Andy, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. It's a pleasure to get to know you a little bit more. Uh, I can't wait to to meet you in person, talk some more Backstreet Boys. It's going to be what it's all about. And um, uh, folks. For Yeti and the Barrel Roller, I'm the Swamp Fox, and we want you to know... that we're not going to play games with your heart. 